If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. The 4 o'clock hour on a Friday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 691 day after the first round of the NFL draft. Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, the newest members of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Casey Kurtz rocking with you on a Friday. Brent Martineau, as we speak, is on television, CBS 47 and Fox 30, giving an update on what happened at the draft areas. I'm looking at him right now. But right now what we're going to do is Trevon Walker was introduced earlier today to the media, said a lot of things, also heard from Shad Khan, also heard from Doug Peterson, also heard from Trent Baalke. So we're going to play you a little bit of what he said, what they all said today about this pick, about the pick of Devin Lloyd, and we we just cut up some of the better parts. So we got that for you on the stream. You're going to see video that Brent took earlier today when he was arriving at the building. So we will play that for you right now. Uh, I see myself playing on, on the edge, five technique, anything on the outside on the edge. But uh, at Georgia, I was just, like like you said, I always told my coaches I'll do anything to get on the field. So, therefore, I play everything from a zero nose all the way out to a nine wide six technique. What does it mean for you? I know your phones start kind of blowing up after you become that number one overall pick. Have you heard from any of your current teammates yet? Uh, I definitely have heard from a couple of them. Uh, a couple of them, even after they got drafted last night, they came to where I was as well. So uh, it really meant a lot to me to just be around those guys, even the ones that got drafted. How about your new teammates, your new Jaguars teammates? You have a guy that knows a little bit about the pressure that comes with being the number one overall pick on uh, the roster. Um, I have to say I'm pretty close with Trevor Lawrence. I've been knowing him ever since high school. So um, I feel like he'll be somebody who takes me on his wing. I came on my top 30 visit. He he was working out. He ran up to me. So I just feel like we already have that bond. And I'll have Tyson Campbell here as well to help me. Hi, Trayvon. Welcome to Jacksonville. A lot of prospects want that moment in Vegas to walk across the stage and make it the big deal that it is. But you wanted to be close to your family. Why is that? Uh, I'm just a family person. Don't get me wrong. Uh, being in Vegas, it would have been a great experience. But me, the type of person I am, I really don't care for all the cameras and things of that nature. So, You have uh, made it very clear that you're very close with your family. You've also discussed the relationship with your father and the discipline and morals that he's instilled in you. How have you used that? Uh, how have you translated that to the field? And how has that factored into your success? Um, I say just being true to myself. Like I know how I was raised. I know the type of parents that I have. So just the way that they raised me, it, it carried over to on the field as well. Just be disciplined. Uh, I always been a hard worker. My dad always pushed me. So I feel like I work hard. Got that from him. Mom, they all stayed on me disciplined. So I have no other choice. Trevon, I um, just wanted to ask you, you was a five-star recruit, and just how, how have you gone just handling in expectations? You, you, you're probably going to have the biggest expectations in your life with being a number one pick, but has that been something that always, since you played football, that you, you had to live up 
the expectations and just what what is your process of of handling it in the process in the way that you've handled it since you've been a, a, you know a top player uh, I just have to say, for me, like, it's not about living up to the expectations because it's something that I've been doing ever since I was a little kid. So I just feel that once I get the opportunity, just maximize my opportunity that I, that I have and do my best, do my best at it. Can't worry about what everybody else, ha- what, what they have to say. Trent, I know you touched a little bit on this uh, last night, way back uh, here. Um, when you have a guy like this that's so versatile in the college game, is it difficult to just put him on the edge? And why do you think he fits best right there for this scheme, for this team? Well, first of all, that, you know, going through the process, we, we talked about the versatility. And as a staff, and a coaching staff and personnel staff, we talked about, you know, that exact thing. And, you know, how he's played and what techniques he's played, that's, that's up to the coaches. You know, we know what he can do. The, the coaching staff knows what he can do. And it's up to Mike and his staff to, to put him, put him in, a, in a position to be very successful. So, you know, that's a better question to ask the coaching staff as to when he gets, you know, what, you know, what, how we're going to play him and what his role is going to be from the start. Doug, I'll jump in then. You guys obviously have a vision when you're taking a player like this. How do you see it fitting in? And, and maybe speak for Mike Caldwell just a little bit on that. Well, again, I, yeah, I'm not going to uh, speak for, for Mike, obviously, but I think we share the same thoughts here. And, you know, number one, uh, we, we want to get Trayvon in here uh, here in a, in a couple of weeks, actually, for our, for our rookie mini camp, our developmental program with the, with the rookies, and, and really get them started with the, with the philosophy and with uh, the, the terminology on defense. And, and really, as Trayvon alluded to, you know, put him in one spot and let him grow in one spot. And, and obviously... There is versatility, so as we grow with him and as he understands, you know, what we're doing schematically, we can, you know, move him around the defense uh, just a little bit. But it's just a matter of, of getting him in here, getting him acclimated, getting him around the teammates, um, and getting him started, you know, with with uh, with the defense and, and really uh, solidifying one spot and letting him grow in that spot. Yeah, Trayvon, uh, wanted to double check. I- you never played against Trevor in high school, right? No, sir. Okay. Um, what was kind of like when you were in high school? Was Trevor kind of like a legend in that area? And did you guys, uh, you know, just did word filter out about how good this guy in Cartersville was? Yeah, Trevor was definitely a legend in the whole state of Georgia. Uh, had all the records. So he was well known. And I basically just got to know him going on visits. And uh, have you talked to Tyson yet today, and how's he how's he feeling? Uh, I talked to Tyson last night. You know, Tyson Campbell, he's always going to keep a big smile on his face. Uh, that was the first thing I seen from him when he called me last night. And uh, he seemed very happy. Well, that is Trayvon Walker, also Trent Balky, and Doug Peterson. Uh, just a short time ago, by the way, and you saw some video, if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, of uh, the arrival video that I tweeted out earlier in the day, uh, about 1.30, I'm sorry, 12.30, 1 o'clock, when Trayvon Walker uh, arrived here to the stadium. Now, keep in mind, uh, as I just mentioned on TV when I I just did a little uh, thing on CBS 47 and Fox 30, he's been here before, right? Georgia, Florida game, uh, visit earlier uh, in this process with the Jags, but this one certainly feels different. You walk around, he's a humble guy, and he says it. He doesn't love the cameras, doesn't like all that stuff. It's part of the reason he didn't go to Vegas. 
But everywhere you walk in this building, Trayvon Walker's name is is up, including on the big boards uh, right behind us. And and uh, it's it's kind of interesting that dynamic. But you can tell like he's excited. He's but he also takes it kind of in stride. He, he's not enamored uh, with it all. And be interesting to watch this young man over his career. I I did ask him uh, separately from the podium questions if. He will play with a chip on his shoulder, and he basically said, no, not really. Like, I I don't care what people think. I'm more trying to please myself and my teammates. And I kind of believe it, looking at him and and just in the short time of his personality. I don't really think he cares what you and I say about him. (laughs) That's (laughs) It's not going to motivate him. Well, I know, but some people are motivated. Like, Jalen Ramsey was clearly motivated by some of that stuff. And that wasn't a negative thing. He took it. And he would be motivated by anything. I mean, listen, all you got to do is watch, like, the last dance with Michael Jordan, and, you know, he would make stuff up to be motivated. That's true, yeah. You know? So, like, some people are fueled that way. I don't think it's a positive or negative thing. I mean, it can derail you now if you don't handle it right, channel it right, and you're not fueled by it correctly. Uh, But I just think none of that stuff's going to matter much to this guy. Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, uh, draft weekend, day two for the Jags. Of course, they don't have a second rounder anymore. A couple picks in the third round tonight, and then fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round going on on Saturday. Uh, Devin Lloyd is a guy that also was picked in the first round, which makes the Jags now have multiple picks in the first round three consecutive years. Did they get it right this time? C.J. Henderson, Caleb on Chason, that does not look right. No. Then last year, Trevor Lawrence, we hope it's right. We think it's right. Travis Etienne, we just don't know. And this year, Trayvon Walker comes with question marks and some doubts and maybe more than some. And then Devin Lloyd, who right now I think makes Jags fans feel really good. I said it earlier in the show, in part because they traded up, got aggressive, went and got a guy. But also, if you did any work on this kid, and I didn't do a lot until last night and this morning. You could fall in love with Devin Lloyd quickly. And now you pair the combination of Lloyd and Walker together, adding to the defense of what they've already done in free agency and what they already had. And they're like, okay, wait a minute. Now that looks pretty good. Those two picks were not bad. That's what I hear a lot of people say, and I think the same. I think the combination of those two picks actually makes you feel better than just even the Walker pick, even if you like the Walker pick. And so a lot to like about last night, especially if you're keen on Walker. And if you're not keen on Walker, I think you feel a little bit better because they got Lloyd, if that makes some sense. So the uh, Lloyd guy, I don't know how much you know about this guy, Casey, out out of Utah. And for all the folks that didn't love the lack of production of Walker, and that's why they had a problem with the pick, and, and again, I get it, but if that's the reason, well, then you like Lloyd and his production. Now, this guy, he was a player you didn't have to worry about making all conference and all that stuff. He was named the defensive player of the year out there in the Pac-12. Right. What a Pac-12 championship. Uh, a guy that beat, like, USC at USC, and Utah hadn't beat USC at USC in, like, 105 years. And he played big in those games. He was really good. And he also comes with uh, this sense of character and humility and humanity, really, for what he and his teammates suffered at Utah, where they lost two players in less than a year to a running back and a cornerback on their team, good players, really close teammates. And there's a connection there with uh, this young man, Devin Lloyd, and you can feel it and you can see it. And if you listen to our interview uh, with him last night, uh, Stuart Weber had out in Vegas, 
uh, you can just kind of feel this professionalism about Devin Lloyd. And then you watch the tape. Then you see the stats. Then you hear his story. And this is a guy, Casey, that I think uh, a lot of people are going to like around here. Yeah, and a heck of a Duval to start it off, so that was pretty yeah, good Well, that too. as well. <laughs> yeah, and then he doubled down on it with uh, Weber after, but you'll be able to hear that at 5. We'll play that for you, what he had to say to Stewart. But, uh, listen, I'm very intrigued by it. This guy, it, there's a lot of reasons to be intrigued, but I will tell you this. He played 36 games in college. He had 43 tackles for loss. Wow. So, you know, that's... That's enough for me to say, all right, the stats are pretty good. By the way, four interceptions last year and seven sacks. So the stats are there for this guy. Fast enough, he flies around. I'm excited to watch him play because he, it's just a fit. I think when you have him and Aluakon now at your linebacker position, I really, really like where they've gone with that. I think he's not a pass rusher, but when you get seven sacks, you can obviously get to the quarterback a little bit. So I think they have two guys now with Walker and him that – can do a little bit of everything. So how they fit them in together uh, will be exciting to see. But uh, the story, obviously, is is a horrible one for what happened at Utah. But what this guy did to become a leader uh, was pretty serious. And you, he got emotional on the draft stage last night when they asked him about it. And you just kind of see the type of guy this guy is. So this might be the guy that a lot of fans can rally around, and he might sell a lot of jerseys, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's interesting, right? If you get a guy like Trayvon Walker, who's going to be asked to do more, and he almost has to be a bigger impact player from where he was picked, uh, even though these guys are 26 picks apart and both probably very talented, and who knows if the separation is as big as the pick and where they were made um, really is and feels. But obviously, Trayvon Walker really has to contribute. But I don't get the sense that he he's going to come in here and he's going to do everything he can for his teammates. He's going to be a good teammate. But I don't get the sense he's going to be that rally, rah, rah guy uh, and also say, hey, come on, follow me. Now, Devin Lloyd's totally different. Devin Lloyd, he won't be able to do that as a rookie, I don't think. But he's got, like, the leadership abilities that looks like, sounds like, of a, a Trevor Lawrence on the quarterback side. That it won't take long for him to say, hey, let's go, boys. And... People could rally around him. That's what they did at Utah. It's a pretty cool quality to have for a young man. Uh, he's a little older, too, now. I think he just turned 24, which this day and age, I mean, you're getting guys drafted when they're 20, 21 years old. So he's got some wisdom to him. He's got some experiences to him. He's got some college experience production to him. There's a lot to like. And should we not sleep on the fact that what you just said is interesting? He can rush the passer. And not from your traditional sense. But he's good at getting home. He's good at getting turnovers. He's good at making splash plays. I mean, they might have just got two guys that can do some of those things depending on how this football team wants to use them on that side of the ball. Yeah, I think it's I think it's exciting because now you have like, – like he does it all very well, and he's done it all very well for his entire career. It wasn't just a one-off thing last year. Granted, he had 22 tackles for loss last year. But the year before that, he had 10 and then 11 before that. So he's – He's done it. It's not a one-year wonder type thing, and I'm excited to see what they can do with him. I was, when Miles left, I was sad as a fan, but I was skeptical to see what they were going to do, and they filled that hole now. So linebacker goes from a spot where you're like, "Mm, I don't know, to I feel really good. I feel really, really good. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Listen, I love, I thought Miles Jack was fantastic. And when they had Miles Jack and Telvin Smith and Paul Puzzlezzi, it was good, man. I mean, there was some good stuff out of that trio, and then Paul started to not play as much. But, I mean, those guys were flying around at 17. And so we've seen good linebacker play. But this has the makeup of being really good. And here's the other thing. There's two other things that I think. There's, like, these intangibles, and, and 
I know what I'm not going to. Uh, if you don't like the Trayvon Walker pick, I'm not going to probably talk you into it. I spent an hour and a half or two hours last night trying to do that to somebody else I know live on TV, and it didn't work. So that's okay. But if you look out on this field, the last decade, 12 years, and you look at some of the problems this franchise has had winning, let's just simply say they haven't had enough dudes. Yeah. They haven't had enough dogs, and I don't mean Georgia Bulldogs. They've had some, and when they – you can't have enough, but you can't have too few if you want to win in this league. Not everybody's going to have the amount of studs that you have out in L.A. or maybe even the way Tampa was built. But you need those kind of players to win. And what I think happened, at least from an athlete standpoint, you start looking at guys like Josh Allen, right? You look at a guy like Tyson Campbell and his attributes as a player at the corner spot. You look at a Luakon and Fadakasi and what that guy can do as a big man. And now you add these two guys to it, and you're like, wow, we have speed. We have agility. We have athleticism. Then what you don't know is do you have playmakers and toughness? Like, I don't know that yet. I don't know if this team's going to play like that. But I think if you have some of those other attributes, we've looked out on this field many a times over the years, and we don't see a lot of that jumping off. It's not to say we've always had bad players out here in Jacksonville, but not enough of those guys. And I just rolled off a handful of them, and I probably shortchanged some others that think they play like that too. Like, we don't know enough about a Cisco. You know, Jenkins had a tough year at safety, but he thinks he's that guy. He's getting paid like that guy. He better be that guy, right? Yeah. So I just think there's something to that. And it makes you wonder, do we have enough of those kind of guys in Jacksonville on the offensive side of the ball? And I think that's still a bit unclear. We'll talk more about that. One other intangible that I always hesitate to bring up in sports radio and especially around a team that hasn't performed well But I wonder at this point in time how much it does matter. And I think they got good character guys, good dudes, good locker room guys, good leader guys with these two picks. I saw a locker room last year that I thought was pretty good on that front despite all the turmoil. We already feel that way about Trevor. We know a guy like Shaq Griffin. I mean, that guy is just a a blast to be around. And you know he's going to spread that in the locker room. I don't know enough about the Aluakons, Fadakasis, these newcomers. But if that matters to some degree, at least here in Jacksonville right now, given what just happened last year and what has transpired really over the last few years, I don't think it's a bad intangible to have. Come in here, be a pro, get the job done. Do they want to be great? These are things that we don't know, but Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson hopefully found out in the process. And if they do find those guys and enough of them, well, that's contagious in sports. You know, that's contagious in a workplace. And so I think there's, again, I don't want to get carried away with it, but I see that in these two players, and we'll see what else they do. We have said many a times over the years, like, oh, this guy's a character guy, he's a captain guy. I mean, I've said that since I stepped foot in Jacksonville and worked here. It's not like they've never picked those guys, but can you combine that kind of talent that you see and jumps out on tape with that guy? I'm not sure we've seen a bunch of that. That's what we feel like we have at the quarterback spot. Leader, good dude. Excellent skill set, really good football player, a lot of potential. Like, 
Trevor's got all those boxes that, that hasn't existed really in the last 15 years or maybe even in franchise history to the extent he has it. So that's where the hope comes in. That's where the hype comes in. That's where you can maybe start seeing this turn if you get enough of those guys. So I do like the intangibles, and, and that jumps off the page with Devin Lloyd. And it's not just the circumstance he had. I mean, you do watch his story, listen to him talk. Everybody in this building today, they haven't even met Devin Lloyd, but everybody in this building is already impressed by him. It's good. It's that's pretty, great, that, yeah. That's a pretty good thing, right? I mean, that's a pretty cool thing um, where you don't have to worry about maybe some of the stuff that you're worried about with a guy like Dante Fowler, you know? Yeah. Uh, and by the way, one other thing, that car accident that Trayvon Walker said was a fender bender, Trent Bulky said... We were aware of it, no comment, didn't elaborate anymore. There were some rumblings last night that that might blow up into a bigger story, and apparently it wasn't a big story and that big of a story. So we're thankful in that regard. One, that he's okay, but two, it's not a bigger story than just a fender bender. Yeah. Or I think we would have heard it by now. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'll tell you, though, I, I mean, it was kind of alarming when, like, it came out. I was like, what? What's happening here? So... Uh, obviously, most important that everyone involved is okay, which is uh, obviously a good thing. And I guess we move on if there's no serious uh, implications from it. Yeah, and it's a very good thing we don't spread rumors that you hear. It goes to show you that you hear some things leading up to the draft that you better double, triple check them because they're stuff that was just way out there um, that, that, again, people would know about these things if, if it had happened. So rumor tree is just can be a bad thing um, on occasion. All right, uh, let's take a break. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, live at Jacks headquarters. Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, the two picks. Who will they pick tonight? Which direction do they go? Plus more of our reaction from Las Vegas as well. It's coming up on ESPN 690. Well, again, you take a deep dive into what they can do and the, the thing that was mentioned yesterday was production. You know, and production's a lot of things. It's not just one metric. So you look at what they do and the positions they were placed in and how that factors into the scheme that we play. And, uh, you know, he's just a really good fit for our scheme. Obviously, the versatility is something that we looked at. But like coaches mentioned and we've talked about, getting him in a situation where he's doing one thing or one or two things in terms of techniques and letting him grow from there is the vision we have. And we're pretty confident after all the work that we did that he's going to grow and grow quickly in, in the scheme that we have. I think that was a really good answer from Trent Balky, the Jaguars GM. And I think Jags fans need to hear that answer from Trent Balky because we're wondering. Right? What is, okay, if he doesn't have production, we don't see the tape like you do. Where's he going to play? How's he fit? All this stuff. But to hear him say, really good fit in this scheme, which it just shows you they have a plan. And you, you're hopefully going to hear from Shaq Griffin a little bit later, but if we don't get to it, I, I can tell you this. Shaq Griffin, when we asked him about the defense last night, Mike Caldwell's defense, he said, it's going to be fun to play in. It's aggressive. There's... There's some traditional things in there, he said, but there are some pages in the book, I think is how he put it, that is going to be really fun. Like, he got this smile on his face. And so, basically said there's some tricks up our sleeve, and he loved the Walker pick, which means he knows how it's going to fit. 
it's uh, like I don't know how many secrets are out there on what the Jaguars are going to do, but they're obviously not telling everybody because they haven't been super transparent about what this defense is going to look like, and we're only in April. Um, so I guess as we get closer to July and August, we'll we'll find that out. But I do think I think people need to hear that and and about Walker, and I think if you sense from Bulky that hey, it's a fit, and that's why they did it, and this looked good. And it goes back to, again, what our conversations with Austin were about leading up to the draft. Like, Aiden Hutchinson might not be a great fit in Jacksonville in this scheme. That means he's a bad player, but it might not work as well. I always say this about the draft now. It's situational. And I'll give you my, my, my number one example. Yes, the Jaguars failed by taking punter Brian Anger over Russell Wilson. Yes. But for Russell Wilson's career... I don't think there's a chance he has the career he's had so far if he ended up in Jacksonville. Well, I think yes, he ended up in a great spot, an ability to grow, an ability to gain confidence and win, and then that grows and manifests itself and is contagious, and you take bigger steps than maybe you would have if you had to deal with some of the things you would have had to deal with here in Jacksonville. So I think situationally it's a big deal where you end up in the NFL. That might be a really good thing for Trayvon Walker or a really bad thing. Might be a really good thing for Aiden Hutchinson or a really bad thing ending up in Detroit. And so that's why I think situational stuff is is really key. I mean, I think there are a lot of players in the NFL that if they didn't end up in certain places, not just Jacksonville, they might have been really good players in a different setup, a different scheme, a different coach. And uh, you don't get to control that as a player. So I think that explanation from Trent Bulky. Uh, was pretty good. And by the way, Bulky continues to show a little humor at these news conferences, Casey. Is he growing on you? Um, uh, yeah, sort of, actually. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I, I'm with it. You know, the comedy routine is cool. Maybe he had kind of heard the rumblings that his job might be on the line, so he started a new career in comedy. And it, it's it's working now. So uh, he's he did okay in free agency. He's done well in the draft. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt as we currently sit here right now at 431 on April 29th. I can't wait to see this. I said, is bulky growing on fans a little bit? I wonder what my responses will be. uh, I'm sure you're going to get some good ones. Tell you what. Well, I I, I go back to the reason I I say there's maybe a chance more people uh, might feel better about bulky than they did three months ago is I thought, and I said this all along, I thought bulky... Had an, this isn't about him and, and his, and his uh, approval rating, okay? That's not what this is about. But I also thought his approval rating had a chance to spike up with a couple of easy decisions and things that he could do. One of them was spend money. Check. And he did. Yep. And he spent a lot of money. And so you can't fault him for spending money. Now, they've got that questionable contract with Kirk that, like, the rest of the league had their eyes popping out of their head. And you're like, what did they just do? Right? They got A.J. Brown out of the division. <laughs> well, you know, they kind of did in a roundabout way. So I still think when you spend that kind of money, the fan base is like, all right, cool, we're trying to win. And so that was easy. Spend ShotCon's money. You guys have it. Put more around Trevor. Make this team better. Let's go. Let's not build for five years down the road and make this, you know, drag this thing out anymore. So I think he did that. And I don't know how much more his approval rating jumped, but I bet it jumped a little bit around that time. Well, then, last night, it wasn't the Walker pick because that has a little bit of a Christian Kirk and free agency kind of feel to it. 
But jumping back up into the first round, being aggressive, not wanting to do that old traditional GM stuff, which, by the way, he has done a lot in his past of trading back, accumulating picks, let's spend another pick and get another guy. Like, we're tired of that around here. Most people are tired of that. We don't want more draft picks. We want more good players. Yeah. I mean, we're how frustrated was this town? By the way, my tweeting worked. My tweeting worked last night again, Casey. Why don't you give me credit for it? That's true. I didn't really think about it. Um, you know, well done, I guess. I mean, Congratulations. I tweeted, and like three minutes later, they were on the clock. Now, I tweeted, yeah. why, won't we, why won't we trade up? Because yeah. the Jets had just traded up for the third time and get a first-round pick. Well, they didn't trade three times, but they had three first-round picks. Everybody's trading up. Everybody's moving and grooving. And the Jags are sitting there with 11 picks, the 33rd overall pick, and we're waiting and waiting, and then, boom, they go on the clock. I was like, yeah, that is awesome. So... Don't always criticize my tweeting. That's it's how it worked out. Yeah, it did. It's funny you say that because I was texting my friend who was also watching the draft, and I said something that I can't say on the air, and then he said, why? And I said, they won't trade up to get someone, need a center bad, need a linebacker, and then I cursed a few more times. And literally, as it happened, it switched on the screen. And he texted me, isn't that weird timing? So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take as much credit as you want to take because, you know, you put it on Twitter and everyone can see it. Uh, but maybe we spoke it into existence. I don't know. We did. I mean, I even got an old takes exposed tweet. Like, that's not the first time, like, that somebody's copied or tagged old takes exposed. But that was a good one. That was good for everybody. Yeah. And so my point was this was easy. This isn't that hard. Go get a player. Now, if you went and got a receiver there, you could have done it even more. But I think people like that pick and like the aggressiveness. And so – and now you got a little humor and personality coming on. Like, he's at least admitting, listen, I know you guys don't like me very much, but maybe I can help you and flip it around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, there's that sense. And so I wonder, like, I seriously wonder if you did, like, an approval rating back in January. I wouldn't even want to see where that thing was. Zero. And, by the way, they showed, like, a video inside Daly's place and it had Trent Falk in and he, he got, it got booed. And then they had Doug Peterson out on stage, and it was like a loud ovation, and he had the crowd going, and, and you know, they, it was like a parade in there. So there's still this element with Balky that he has to overcome. But I've said it all along, like, if he does do a couple of the right things, and he does some of the easy things, he can actually win some fans over. I'm not sure he's going to win them all over. And the results will, will, at the end of the day, prove everything. But... I feel like he's gaining at least a little bit of momentum. I mean, again, let's not over-dramatize this. Um, but I, I think uh, we'll see. I don't know if he can do any more this weekend, other than maybe go get a receiver here or, or jump back up and be aggressive again. I'm not sure that there's anything left to do to say the fan's like, all right, that's my guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there is. But I think I think he did do a couple of things that people were like, all right, man, all right, baby. You character know? development, like, Brent. Character it's development. It's a little bit like that a baby instead of other things they were saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> over the last um, few months. So yeah. um, I think it's a wild dynamic here in Jacksonville in that sense. And you know what? He shouldn't care about it. In the long run, I don't really care about it. And I don't even think the fans care about it. They just want them to get it right. Pretty they want much. somebody to get it right. They don't care who's, whose name is on getting it right. They just want somebody to get it right. And I think I think we all agree on that. Everybody in this building, everybody who talks about the Jags, everybody who comes to these games here in Jacksonville, and uh, the loud and proud Jags fans. So I think we're all on the same page there. Speaking of loud and proud, that Bold City uh, Brigade party in Las Vegas, woof, it was jamming. And Stuart Weber was there, and he caught up with the Hall of Famer, the first 
Jaguars Pro Football Hall of Famer be inducted into Canton, Ohio in August. I see his name right there, Tony Baselli, from 1995 to 2001, a member of your Jacksonville Jaguars. And last night, Stuart Weber caught up with him right after the Jags made the first pick of Trayvon Walker. So let's get the reaction from the Hall of Famer, Tony Baselli, out here in Las Vegas, having a great time with all these fans. Uh, before we get to that, let's talk about the pick. Jaguars go Trayvon Walker with the number one spot. Hey, listen, he's a Jaguar now. I'm his biggest fan. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him play. He's a very talented young man. And, you know, the numbers, maybe the production ones in, that, in the college game, but if you watch the tape, he's disruptive. And so uh, I, I probably would have gone offensive line. But at the same time, of course, right? yeah, I mean, what, what else would you expect? You know, but Trayvon Walker, he's talented. Now, uh, let's, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing him. And uh, at the end of the day, we just need more, uh, more good players. We need to be more, you know, right, you know we don't want to be picking first overall. Like, this is the last time we want to have this kind of party. We want to be doing it later in the night. You've had the conversations with Doug Peterson here in the offseason. How important is he going to be in this process with a guy like Walker who needs that development? I mean, this is this is going to be a lot on the coaching staff of figuring out how to use him and get the utmost potential out of the player. Well, there's no doubt about it. Well, I mean, Trayvon Walker is a talented young man. He, he's, he is very physically gifted. So just got to put him in the right position, and I think that'll be all right. As far as Doug Peterson, I'm excited to see what he does. I mean, at the end of the day, I think this is a guy who's had success. He's won a Super Bowl. He's an NFL coach. I think it was a great hire, and you know, he'll be worried about not just Trayvon Walker, Trevor Lawrence, the entire team. Like I just said, we don't want to be doing this anymore. I mean, first overall picks, no more. Surprisingly, you wanted an offensive tackle. I talked to Bruce Smith here earlier tonight. He wanted a pass rusher, of course. Uh, tell me about your interactions with him here tonight. He said he wanted to be one of those first guys to welcome you to the Hall of Fame, and it was important for him to be here tonight so that he could have those interactions with you. Well, I mean, listen, Bruce Smith is one of the greatest players that have played the game. I mean, sack leader, when they did the 100-year uh, uh, team, he was on it. He's the Hall of Fame of Hall of Famers. I had a, you know, we competed. He's an amazing player. So the fact that Bruce Smith is here and, you know, it's uh, part of the whole process. It's so humbling. It's so awesome. But, uh, you know, having a guy like Bruce Smith show up and want to be here is pretty cool. That's Tony Baselli, the Jacksonville Jaguars Hall of Famer, live in Las Vegas. Let's send it back to you guys. Well, listen, I don't throw compliments around very much. We appreciate Tony Baselli jumping in with Stuart Weber. I mean, that was uh, right after the pick was made. We had that on TV last night as well. Uh, but Stuart Weber did an awesome job last night in Las Vegas and really this week in Vegas. It is, I'm so glad we go to the draft uh, and where it is because he caught up with, who do we have on the show this week? Aiden Hutchinson, Evan Neal, Icky Aquano. Obviously, Walker wasn't there. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah's and Joel Klatt's talking about these guys. And then last night, uh, it was terrific. I mean, Marvin Jones Jr., we already played today. Uh, Tony Baselli as well. We have uh, more sound coming uh, either on TV, social media, or even here on ESPN 690 from Stewart with Fred Taylor and Kevin Hardy, uh, Jimmy Smith. Uh, who am I missing? Um, that might be it. But, oh, and then he caught up with Devin Lloyd. <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah, uh, and and Devin Lloyd, and it was a terrific interview and a great Duval, by the way, which you'll hear in just a little bit. Uh, so that's coming up at five o'clock. That conversation with Stewart and, and Devin Lloyd, really the first 
person to talk to Lloyd one-on-one um, since he got picked by the Jags. So it's a great thing to go to the draft from our standpoint so we can uh, share that with you. And uh, Stuart Weber did a fantastic job out there in Las Vegas. The Las Vegas scene looked pretty good, right, Casey? I mean, you watch more of the national coverage. We were on TV side by side, so honestly, I didn't see much. But I saw some of the shots, and I mean, it was a home run in Vegas. Yeah, it was cool. They had a nice setup um, where they had the sets and stuff set up. It was pretty cool. Good backdrop. Um, green room people, was cool. Right? A lot of people. A lot of people. Crowd was weird. I feel like well, it's the, Vegas. Well, there was never anybody that got like a. I understand it's every team's fans there, so I get that. Yeah. But there was never any, like, overwhelming, we're happy to see any of you. Like, even Derek Carr, you know? So Interesting. You know, I get there's a lot of fans there, but not one person that I ever feel like anybody was super happy to see. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Uh, listen, Philly raised the bar. Nashville raised it even higher. Uh, Cleveland, I think, was whatever last year. But Las Vegas, it's going to be a place they go back to, I think. It's just a really good spot. I guess the weather's been pretty wild out there. There's some windy conditions in uh, Vegas, like almost dangerous winds at times. So I didn't even think that would be a thing. That's <laughs> but, weird. But that was one of the things. And they still got two more days of the draft. I still hope we get it here in Jacksonville. But you start seeing these huge crowds. You're like, all right, we're going to put that many people in Jacksonville. I guess we could. Come up from Orlando, over from Tampa, down up from Miami, right? Oh, we got plenty of spots to get to here from. You can try. Yeah, why not? Let's go I for got, it. We got to do it. I don't want to spend that Ruth's Chris kind of money on eight of you that have to take out for a steak dinner if it doesn't happen. It's tough. It's going to be a tough day for you, Brent. Yeah, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Live from Jags headquarters, 2022 NFL Draft rolls on. Welcome back to Jags headquarters. Brett Martineau here. Casey Kurtz back to the Action Sports Jack Studios here on Draft Week 2022. Jags have two new players, Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd. Uh, I don't know if everybody's excited about them, but they're excited in this building about them. Uh, once again, Trayvon Walker introduced today. The signs everywhere in the building say his name. I had a, a recent one-on-one uh, -on -one with him that you'll see throughout the night on uh, Action News Jacks. And uh, he talked, and Trent Falky talked, and Doug Peterson talked, Chad Khan a little bit, as well as they introduced uh, the newest Jacksonville Jaguar. Devin Lloyd, by the way, will be here later tonight in, in terms of in Jacksonville, flying in from Vegas. And he will be introduced what looks like mid-morning tomorrow, looking at like 10 o'clock. Uh, I'm not sure if the Jags have put that out or confirmed that yet, but keep an eye on it tomorrow morning. Uh, for Devin Lloyd uh, to get introduced by the Jags. Meanwhile, uh, tonight, 65 and 70 in the third round. Jags will sit out the second round unless they get back in. And then uh, tomorrow they have obviously a bunch of picks on Saturday to wrap up the 2022 NFL draft as well. A big story out of Major League Baseball. And Trevor Bauer, as we came on the show today, news came down he's been suspended for two years, Casey. Two years. This is a major play by Big League Baseball, who did not allow him to finish the year last year, suspended him indefinitely, and continued to suspend him up until this week when they made another decision on it, and now it'll be some... I think somebody mentioned, like... Well, it's definitely. It's like over 400 games of suspensions yeah. For, yeah. for Trevor Bauer, who, if you don't know who Bauer is... Bauer is maybe the nastiest pitcher there is in the game. Fair to say? Potentially. He's in the conversation. I'll give you that. 
Yeah, at least he's one of the top yes. pitchers before all this. Yeah. And what is this? Uh, it's still a little bit muddy at times, but this is a right now he said, she said type of thing where he's being accused of sexual assault. He says consensual, and the details get, you know, they go farther than that if you want to look it up. Yeah. But obviously, Major League Baseball has either learned enough or heard enough to be concerned to the point to suspend him for this length. Meanwhile, he came out on Twitter once again today, shared a message and said he's innocent and he's going to appeal. I don't know where this ends up for Trevor Bauer, but I'm also not sure he pitches in big league baseball again. Yeah, this is kind of a a crazy thing that has happened because in terms of suspensions in baseball, when you break the rules, we saw A-Rod get a year. We saw Manny Ramirez be uh, had a year in front of him, and he decided to retire instead. So we've never really seen anything like this, and that's when you cheated the sport. So the question is, what does Major League Baseball now know that we all don't? What have they heard? Yeah. And whatever they heard was certainly enough to make sure Trevor Bauer probably does not play for a long time and at the minimum ever again. I will say the most recent thing that happened before this was Trevor Bauer was going to sue the lady who made the claims about him for defamation. So it's it's a very, very weird spot, but now the MLB apparently has information that we all don't, and they made this a thing, so we'll have to see where it goes from here. But two years of a suspension for something like this is incredible. It's really monumental in terms of what Major League Baseball has done for punishment, and I guess we'll just have to see where they go from here. Yeah, that's a major punishment. I mean, you're... you're Again, it's a totally different circumstance, but we've seen punishments that are big based on, obviously, hefty crimes like felony crimes, but also steroids and uh, gambling. But this situation uh, is is different from all of those. And, again, because we don't know a lot of facts. They know more than everybody else, it seems to be uh, the case. But they obviously know something and uh, until they learn more, he's suspended uh, for two years. And I just don't know at this point. They must know something enough or there's something enough there that I don't I, – I just don't think he plays again. I mean, yeah, I, I don't I can't either, imagine to be honest he with pitches you. again, yeah. you know. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, with the Trevor Bauer situation. Tough to transition from that to anywhere, but I want to keep you up to date on some other headlines going on as we talk draft, 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 uh, as we enter day two of the draft and on the heels of what the Jags did last night. But a big shout-out to the Jacksonville Iceman, who uh, right across the street last night swept Atlanta 4 to nothing, And this is where I think it gets fun now, Casey. Uh, we've been following the Iceman. You were at the game the other night. Uh, the Icemen are good. And yeah. playoff hockey's fun. Now, in this town, game three and four came on the eve of the NFL draft and the night of the NFL draft. And we know it's going to get a ton of attention. Absolutely. So we apologize to the Iceman. The calendar didn't shake out in, in, their, in their favor in this sense. But I do think starting, like, next week, as you start projecting now down the road, uh, what do they play, the, either the Everblades or the Swamp Rabbits? Is that right? I think so. And, and now you can catch some fever in the city. Draft is, is done. Uh, it's not like the players comes up anymore in May. Uh, they can have the month of May now. There will be some football talk because there always is. But I think this could get really fun for the Jacksonville Iceman because they're good and good enough to win this whole thing. Yeah, they're really good. And I think – Playoff hockey is really one of a kind, and if you've never been, if you've been to a regular season game, yeah, that's great. 
But the playoffs are totally different, and you can even feel it in the ECHL. It doesn't have to be the NHL. So it's a, it's exciting, absolutely. I agree. I'll definitely be down there uh, more as they continue on in the playoffs. But, yeah, I think they have an opportunity to really stand on the pedestal here, obviously, with the shrimp. And then when you can piggyback off both home series, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be some exciting stuff the next couple of weeks for – uh, ECHL hockey here in Jacksonville. Yeah, it looks like next weekend we'll see exactly uh, where and when and all the times, but keep an eye on the Icemen. They won the series so quick, they have to hit the practice ice now. Uh, speaking of the shrimp, Ronald Acuna Jr. called up yesterday by the Atlanta yep. Braves, uh, which is also good news for him as well. Hey, want to uh, let you know, if you, if you don't already, we're at iCryo in St. John's County earlier this week. Stop by iCryo this weekend each and every day. Check it out now. Lifestyle services, $39. You can buy different packages as well. Use the cryotherapy chamber, IV infusions, compression. Uh, I can tell you my kids go there on like a daily basis and they're playing sports. And actually Ty said, hey, can we go to iCryo in the morning? I said, well, I don't know. I'll be at a press conference. So I can't worry about the blood flow in the legs, but you can so uh, he'll probably go to Iowa. Sounds like Ty needs a ride. <laughs> oh, that sounds like it uh, at the pavilion at Durban Park in St. Johns County. And download the app as well. I cryo. Go check them out down in St. Johns County. Football at 5 coming up next. We're live at Jags headquarters. The draft continues, and we hear from Devin Lloyd. And he's got the best Duval going of any rookie that's ever played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's coming up. You'll hear it next on ESPN 690. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 